This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 45, Weighing the Cost of Discipleship. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. Or if you're here for the first time, I'm so glad you are all here. I always look forward to our time together every week, and I'm a little bit late getting this episode out because... It's been a bit of a crazy few weeks for me, which I'm going to talk about and explain a little bit about what that is looking like for me in the course of this episode. But I had something completely different planned for today, and I was working on a different episode. I had it at least halfway done, and then some things happened that made it really difficult for me to focus on that particular topic. So I decided to leave that episode for another day, and today I have a relatively unscripted off-the-cuff conversation planned for you. It's not really very well planned. It's relatively, again, unscripted and off-the-cuff. Let's just pretend like it's me and you sitting across the table at lunch, and we're just going to have a conversation about some things that are weighing heavily on my mind. And I don't really know how this is going to go. My mind is racing with a million intersecting thoughts, and my emotions are very close to the surface, which is unusual for me. I'm pretty stoic. I'm not a really emotional person, but such it is, such it is. And I will explain again why that is and what's going on in my life. And my purpose in explaining all of this is to give you maybe an idea of where I'm heading with my work, with this podcast and the related work Um, on other platforms. But also just, I don't know, I just feel inspired to share this with you. So it's not really all about me. I want you to find you in this story. How does it relate to you? So all right, with that maybe strange introduction, let's go. Let's go. Here we go on this unscripted conversation. I hope you're ready. Buckle up, my friend. It's going to be a good one. So if you listened to episode 43 a couple of weeks ago, all about the divine role of women, you know kind of what my thoughts surrounding that are. And in the days since recording that episode, the Lord has shown me how the role of women in God's kingdom that I taught in that episode, which is misunderstood at best and often outright mocked, is inseparably connected to other issues that are also surrounded by misunderstanding and contention, such as motherhood, gender, gender roles, and the traditional family, just to name a few. If you listen to episode 35, I explained how Heavenly Father showed me in an undeniable way that he needed me to go right into the middle of controversy surrounding the church and boldly stand up for truth. So for the past year and a half or so, I have been clumsily trying to figure out what that means. And the Lord has been teaching me line upon line. He's been very patient. I'm sometimes a slow learner. But over the past couple of weeks, the lines have become clearer. He has opened my eyes to the nature of the controversy into which I must step. 
and it includes nearly all of the issues that are currently under fire. All of those issues relating to womanhood, to motherhood, to gender, to the family. All those things, right? We know. We know what the controversy is like surrounding all of those things. And the Lord has told me, Lynette, that is where I need you. So as the gravity of this call, this request from the Lord to me, has descended upon me over the past few weeks, I have spent countless hours agonizing about where this might lead me. I know many people in my real life, dear friends, family members, who struggle to reconcile their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ with some of these difficult issues. And I have just been asking myself and wondering, how can I possibly stand on a public stage in the middle of this war of words and ideas and defend the truth, knowing that the truth is not always easy to hear, especially for those who are struggling with some of those issues? Not only would I be putting my reputation on the line, but I willingly do that for the Lord every time I do a podcast or show up on social media, I'm willing to do that, to put my reputation on the line. But I could, if I followed this path that is now becoming clear to me about the nature of the controversy into which I must step, I could also be putting some of my closest relationships in jeopardy. Was that really God's will for me? Is that really what he's asking me to do? So I've been wrestling extensively with the Lord and these ideas and the worries surrounding them over the past few weeks. Everybody, I know, probably all of you included, have somebody close to you, friends, family members, who have a hard time with some of these difficult issues, some of these controversial issues. And a lot of those people who are struggling, they want to stay in the church. They want to reconcile their faith with the difficult things that they're struggling with. But that's a huge challenge sometimes. And as I'm thinking about this, I just keep thinking, well, if I go into those places of controversy and boldly proclaim truth, would those bold proclamations encourage people who want to stay to stay or will it drive them away? And how can I navigate this tricky line between boldness and compassion, especially as it relates to people I know and love? I don't have all of the answers. I don't have all of the answers, which is why I have been wrestling with these issues and with the Lord and with what I feel called to do. And in the midst of all of these worries and struggles, in a moment, I wasn't even thinking about this or seeking inspiration in that moment. I had a thought clearly come into my mind. It was a thought I had not considered before. I knew that it was from the Lord. And the thought was, do not apologize for my doctrine. Do not apologize for my doctrine. Apologizing for the Lord's doctrine is never something that I set out to do, but I was very worried about how I could affirm these hard doctrines without offending people that I know and love. But this do not apologize for my doctrine instruction from the Lord affirmed again that tippy-toeing around the doctrine surrounding these sensitive issues was not what the Lord needed me to do. 
but as you might imagine, that only heightened my anxiety. So to say that this process of considering the cost of discipleship in this way, for me personally, has been heart-wrenching, to say that it has been heart-wrenching would be the understatement of the year. I have had to dig to the deepest and most hidden depths of my soul to determine if I am truly willing to follow him, if it requires me to sacrifice not only my comfort and potentially my reputation, but also maybe some of my relationships. Is that what the Lord is asking me to lay upon his altar? And am I willing to do it? I don't tell you this because I want sympathy or I want recognition or I want you to feel sorry for me. That's not why I'm telling you this. I tell you this so that, again, you kind of know where I'm headed, but also because I think that there will come a point in each of our journeys where we will have to weigh the cost and blessings of discipleship and determine if we are willing to pay the price to follow Jesus Christ into the fire. Are we willing to lay everything upon his altar? The words of Jeffrey R. Holland from his talk called The Cost and Blessings of Discipleship have been ringing in my ears. So I'd like to share them with you. He said, quote, You may wonder if it is worth it to take a courageous moral stand in high school or to go on a mission only to have your most cherished beliefs reviled or to strive against much in society that sometimes ridicules a life of religious devotion. Yes, it is worth it because the alternative is to have our houses left unto us desolate, desolate individuals, desolate families, desolate neighborhoods, and desolate nations. So here we have the burden of those called to bear the messianic message. In addition to teaching, encouraging, and cheering people on, that is the pleasant part of discipleship, from time to time, these same messengers are called upon to worry, to warn, and sometimes just to weep. That is the painful part of discipleship. They know full well that the road leading to the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, of necessity runs by way of Mount Sinai, flowing with thou shalts and thou shalt nots. Close quote. This all hits very close to home for me right now for reasons I have already explained, but I've had to really come to, to grips with, am I willing? Am I willing to do anything for the God that I love? Am I willing to walk into the fire of controversy and boldly affirm doctrine that is now under fire? Am I willing to take whatever heat will come as a result of that? Those are questions with which I have spent several weeks wrestling. And the answer, now and forever, for me, is yes. I am willing. I am willing because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. There are many, both inside and outside of the restored Church of Jesus Christ, who question the Lord's doctrine and wonder how it is even loving, let alone exalting. I cannot believe for one second that Christ, in his perfect, loving omniscience, would establish doctrine that was not absolutely essential to our immortality and eternal life. Saving us is his work and his glory. And while I do not understand the meaning of all things, I trust that he does. He knows the way because he is the way, the only way. 
So how could his doctrine be unloving? How could his plan be unloving? It may not be easy to hear or easy to reconcile with our imperfect experience in a fallen world, but there is more to life than what we can currently see. And Jesus's plan, his perfect plan, his loving plan covers all the bases, the ones that we now see and understand, and especially the ones that we don't now see or understand. I know that it is not as black and white as we would like it to be. I know, for example, that it is difficult at best to affirm doctrine and support a child or a young adult or a friend who identifies somewhere on the LGBTQ spectrum. I can only imagine how challenging it must be to remain faithful as an LGBTQ saint. Again, I have people in my life who struggle with these and other issues. But my friends, I testify that Jesus is the answer to these and every other Latter-day issue. His plan will exalt all who choose to follow him. There are no exemptions. There are no exclusions. There are no exceptions. But those we place upon ourselves through our disobedience or disloyalty or distrust of him. But we are never beyond the reach of his love. And his love does not excuse us. It doesn't excuse our disobedience. It doesn't give us an exemption from following his laws. But it does provide a way to become spotless, clean, white as snow, as Isaiah said. That way, however, his way requires us to look to him, to trust him, and to follow him. So, my friends, will we trust him? Will we follow him even when it's hard? Will the blessings of discipleship be worth any temporary cost? Because this world and all of its struggles are temporary. Eternal life in the presence of God is eternal. It is forever. And the decisions that we make now on this mortal road of discipleship will determine our eternal destiny. So who will stand in the fire for and with the one who will forever save us from its flames? Will you stand there? Will you stand there with him? That is what I am trying to do, my friends, and I can already see that it's going to be a messy and uncomfortable path. But everything that is worth it is hard. It's not supposed to be easy. The plan was not to come for us to come to earth and be able to see clearly everything that we were leaving behind. Our memories were veiled for a reason so that we can't look back and remember all of those things that happened. And because of that, we can't remember the things that we agreed to do while we were here. We can't rem remember the pre-mortal valor we achieved. We can't remember interacting with our Savior, Jesus Christ, on a personal level, but I believe it happened. So we're here now, and it's messy, and it's uncomfortable, and sometimes we feel called and inspired to do things and to say things that don't seem to make sense. Will we do it anyway? Again, what are we willing to lay upon the altar? What are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to do to be with Jesus Christ forever? 
to be forever exalted with him and our heavenly parents. That is something that I want more than I can possibly explain. And so I'm going to try and I invite you to try with me. You may not feel called to stand on a public stage and defend doctrines that are under fire. For your sake, I hope you don't (laughs) because it's uncomfortable, but you may feel called to do something. You may be in the middle of a different fire. You may be feeling like you're being consumed by flames that you have no control over and you don't know what to do about it. My friend, whatever you feel called to do, whatever flames you are currently in the middle of or feel called to walk into the middle of, please do it knowing that Jesus Christ is at the helm. He's got it under control. He's got it all under control. And he will never ask us to do something that will be detrimental for us eternally. It might be hard now. It might put us into precarious positions. It might require us to have difficult conversations with people that we love. It might require us to put our comfort and our reputations all on the line. For what reason? For exaltation and eternal life and the glory of God forever. That's what we're working towards. That's what Jesus Christ That's his work and his glory. That's his plan. It's all leading us there. So my friends, I ask you to trust that and to stand strong in whatever flames you are currently experiencing or will experience in the future. Together, let's stand a little more firmly on the covenant path, a little more closely yoked to Jesus Christ, our Savior. He is the reason of this. I testify and will testify forever. So let's stand with him, my friends. Thanks so much for being here. I'll see you back here again next week. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at lynetteshepherd.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.